0: From Filthy Luck Studios in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I'm Jim Warner, and you are listening to Citizen Light. today's microcast, some political poetry from Daniel M. Shapiro. Daniel M. Shapiro is the author of How the Potato Chip Was Invented, a collection of celebrity-centered poems. His work has appeared in Wood Riot rhino forklift ohio and elsewhere his latest collection is called heavy metal fairy tales published by throwback books daniel is a poetry editor for pittsburgh poetry review and interviews poets for his website little
1: myths i'm going to be reading from a series called the orange menace the orange menace origin story panel one November 10th, 2016, in one of the three bomb shelters at Mar-a-Lago, his paradise. Large silhouette, seated at granite table, covered in discarded fast food wrappers. This is quite the after party. Panel six, August 4th, 1957, Alley in Queens. Young Donald, in shirt and tie, spots $20 bill in foot of liquid at bottom of metal barrel. He reaches in to grab it, but feels constricting pain in his hands, the most intense agony. Yaaaah! Panel 15, January 1st, 1977, Times Square. Donald shares a New Year's kiss with his bride-to-be. With hands in South American peccary gloves, most rare, most luxurious leather, he touches her face. He remembers never to use bare hands to touch anyone or anything he loves. Panel 32, April 5th, 1987, Staten Island Ferry. Donald combs his hair after it is blown in the wind for several minutes. This is the latest replacement for his real hair, which he ran his hands through as a boy. He hates this hair. He can touch it whenever he wants. Panel 37, mid-December, 1988, Trump Tower. Irate at Soviet leader who canceled personal visit with him. Pounding fist. He won't come because he is weak. Everything will collapse around him, everything. Someday they will be strong again and I will be ready for them, ready. His complexion begins to change color, the yellowness of fear mixing with his prophecy of red. Panel 74, December 1st, 2016, Cincinnati. The Orange Menace holds victory rally. His supporters weep in celebration. He safely shakes as many hands as possible. Hi, you're on the radio.
0: The things they say are so unfair.
1: Hi, you're on the radio.
0: I didn't come along and divide this country.
1: Some of these titles are tweets, which you can tell based on how they're written. Uh, This one is, The Incredible Hulk is actually a disaster. The Orange Menace hates the Hulk most of all. Loser, he tells the cyber. His lunchboxes don't sell. Sad. I bought my son an action figure, broke in minutes and my son is no tough guy. The Orange Menace says he can out-hulk the Hulk. He wants to go from calm to livid in under six seconds, no need for pussified nostalgia to be immortal again. The color green can go to hell, orange or gold only. The Orange Menace flies to China for conversion therapy. A doctor there can implant a chip in his brain that inhibits all the shitty intimacy. Smiles, handshakes, tender sex acts. This doctor promises unlimited rage at the lowest of prices. The Orange Menace wakes from surgery feeling peppy with thumbs the size of bread loaves. He begins to tweet, but presses 14 buttons at a time. He smashes his phone, which only angers him more. He begins to cry violently. The Orange Menace has not become a Hulk. Even the bigly wears off, but not before he easily strangles his doctor for using a bitch chip instead of a manly chip. He returns to normal size, buys a new phone, and tweets, at Hulk is weak. The bigger the crowd, the bigger the man. The Orange Menace is not always tall. He's listed as six foot three, but that's his height at full follower strength. During a dry spell, nary a retweet, he can stay three foot six for days. The Orange Menace lives in a gilded tower. No one else knows about the 36th floor docked with small suits and juice boxes. When love stays grown, he won't need this. The Orange Menace knows it's not the size of a crowd that matters. Evil is a bankroll. It's gigantic when people think it's gigantic. The biggest, best safe can hide its emptiness. The Orange Menace loves to hold rallies. Today, he debuts The Duplicator, a gadget that creates the illusion of twice as many. He aims it at the crowd, feels taller than ever. The Orange Menace and The White Truth shop for ties. The Orange Menace is working on something dangerous. He's developing a friendship based on sharing and trust. The Orange Menace invites The White Truth over to shop. No need to go out. Their guy brings them fabrics and prints. The orange menace chooses solid blue silk. He imagines a good guy cape of that color. He wears his ties with irony. The white truth squeals with delight at the tailor's choice. Blonde, the perfect blonde, topped with low key dog whistles. The white truth always has the orange menace's ear. Make sure it can't chafe your hands when you use it, the white truth says calmly to the orange menace. Make sure it's resistant to stains the usual evidence. Elegy for the Orange Menace. The white truth has been thinking about all the times his whiteness has been tainted. He remembers duels with Black Panther, the Falcon, El Gato Negro, how their blood trickled onto his crisp uniform to untuck a sheet. The white truth channels all his pain into healing drops. He recites a poem. The triumph of will may bring the fallen back to our earth this world of eternal struggle. It is not truth that matters, but victory, reason reserved only for the few. May our lies remain big, our terror a bridge. The white truth cries enough tears to deny newsprint its ink. The climate around him changes. Orange liquid lifts from the ground to mix with clouds. It begins to rain. The white truth feels his eyes burning away. He can't imagine a world in which he can't judge what he sees. At the hospital, the press calls. Don't worry, he says. It was a freak accident, an isolated incident.
0: Join the conversation with Citizen Lit. Like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at Citizen CitizenLitCast. Like what you hear on the episode? Subscribe, rate, and review us on Stitcher and iTunes. Have a scene to report on, want a recorded audio review? Email us at citizenlitcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Daniel M. Shapiro in Pittsburgh Poetry Review. Additional music for today's episode was brought to you by the SUW Remix Project. Our theme music comes from the late Great Bedford. More information on the program is available at citizenlitcast.com. Aubrey Cox is our executive producer. Jensen Williams is our graphic designer. I'm your host, Jim Warner, and you've been listening to Citizen Lit.